Now this month we're dealing with kingdom investment. That's the theme of the month, and I trust God that God will help us and give me grace so that I'll be able to journey with you through the month of August to look at the subject of kingdom investment. But I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. You didn't hear us, I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Now when we talk about a kingdom, you and I know that a king, you need to be a king before you have a kingdom. And we have earthly kingdoms and we have heavenly kingdoms, but we are dealing with the kingdom of God and more basically the church because the church is the kingdom of God. That is God's kingdom. And every kingdom has a king. And in our context, our king is God. And we are the subjects of the kingdom because every kingdom has subjects and the subjects are governed by the rules and the regulations of that particular kingdom. And if subjects don't comply with rules and regulations of the kingdom, they, they face a lot of sanctions. And I, I believe you and I don't want to face sanctions. That is why our rules and regulations are from the word of God. So as we apply our house to wisdom and we apply the word of God in our lives, then we are honoring the king and doing what he expects you and I to do. Now in today's world, you and I know that investment is very important. For the sake of the future, people invest for their children, for either your child's education, child fund. You invest in social security so that one day when you retire, at least you have a take-home pay or something. You retire in other investments like um, other securities, treasury bills and other bonds and what have you, so that one day to yield dividends. And these days, it don't really take you too much time to know what is happening on the stock market when you go through the news or listening to BBC or CNN and news. You just know which stock is doing well and uh, which dollar or pound or yen, which one is really on the stock market. And every wise investor tries to look at the best stock and then they do what put their money in there because they expect dividends at the end of the period. And you and I as children of God, when we also invest in the kingdom of God, we must expect dividends at the end of the time. If physical things can give us rewards, then I'd like you to please understand that spiritual things can also give us reward. And we'll prove all of them from the word of God. Hallelujah. But interestingly, in the world in which we live in, it's good to invest. People do investments all right, but sometimes the rewards or the returns are not what they expect. And recently when we have this global crisis, I was watching the news and I saw a man who lost four million US dollars and then he shot himself for losing the four million dollars. But what he had left was 24 million dollars and I asked myself, why can't you make up with the 24? But because you lost four, you killed yourself. That is the life, that is the how the world system runs. He lost four million dollars, had 24 in excess, but decided to take his life because he just didn't get it. How on earth he could lose four million dollars? What I'm trying to say is that you may do some investments, which is very good. Sometimes the rewards may be disappointing. But when we come to kingdom investment, every person counts, every city counts, every dollar counts. And when we invest in the kingdom of God, the rewards will be great. And the rewards will be waiting for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to kingdom investment. Hallelujah. Kingdom investment. And I trust God that we'll look at six major areas in our lives that we can all contribute when it comes to kingdom investment. Six major areas in our lives. I'm not trying to rush it. We'll go as the Lord leads us. So, six major areas. But I'd like you to please write them down, if you please. Six major areas we are considering 
when we talk about kingdom investment. Number one, we are looking at life. We are looking at life, L-I-F-E, life. And life is what you have received. You must please understand that the life you and I have, we didn't give it to ourselves. It was somebody who gave us a life, and that person is God. So life is what you and I have received. Number two, we're looking at time. We're looking at time. And time is what has been allotted to us. Please understand that we don't have time. Time is given. Time is allotted to us. It is God who gives us time. Time is allotted to you and I. Number three, we're looking at talents. We're looking at talents. And talents are abilities. It's something, what, it's something that God gives you to use. So talents is what you have been given to use. And everybody has a talent. Everybody has a talent. And we have to use our talents to support or invest in the kingdom of God. Talents. Everybody has a talent. So talents is what you've been given to use. Number four, we're looking at possessions. Possessions. Possessions are what have been entrusted to you. So possessions have been entrusted to you. Number five, we're looking at finance stroke money. Finance stroke money. And finance stroke money is what you have labored for. What you and I labor for. That is money. And then number six, we're looking at rewards. Rewards. The outcome of our investments. The outcome of our investment. I can't wait to get to rewards. It's going to be great. The outcome of our investment. Rewards. So quickly, let me run through. We're looking at life, what you have received. We're looking at time, what have been allotted to you. Talents is what you have given to use. What you have been given to use. Number four, possessions is what, you are, what has been entrusted to you. Number five, finance is what you have labored for. And number six, rewards is what you get at the end of the road. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to understand that these things have been given. They are not owned. God gives them to us. We don't owe them. God gives them to us. We don't owe them. I'd like you to please put that in your mind. So let's take the issue, the subject of life, what you and I have received. I'd like you to please go with me to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Where you and I know the story too, where that when God formed man, we were like clay. We were clay as a matter of fact. And there was no life in us. There was no breath in us. We were lifeless, like clay. And we saw a similar picture in the book of Ezekiel 37 where God was asking the prophet, can these dry bones live? And even when the flesh came upon them and they became human beings, they were not still human beings because they were dead and there was no flesh. There was no life in them. And God had to tell the prophet to command the breath, four winds of the air to blow into their system so that they become living souls. Now, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. A man became. And I was saying that until you become anything, it is God who has made you something. Before you become anything, whoever you are, with all respect, wherever you come from and um, whatever school you attend, before you became anything, it is God who made you first because clay has no life. But when God breathed into clay, then life came into the clay. So the clay does not take credit for what God has made it. But we always have to give the credit to God. Because before you became, God is the one who put life in you. So I like us to understand that you are an investment of God. God has invested something in you. And you must also learn to invest something into the kingdom of God. What God invested in you is life. So you must learn to use your life to serve God. You must learn to use your life to help God, help the things of God. That is how you can also use your life as an investment into the things of God. My friend, without life, you and I are going nowhere. Life is very crucial. Life is very important. 
do we acknowledge? Because we sleep every day and wake up every day, sometimes we take it for granted. You just jump out of your bed, I believe some of us this morning, just jump into your car, and thank God we have automatic cars, so you got here really quick, no changing of gears. You know, but the tendency is for you to forget. I heard the preacher say, it's very normal for you to sleep and wake up, and I had a little problem because I know it is not automatic for you and I to go to bed and wake up. It is not automatic. It is not automatic. It is the grace of God. It is not automatic. It is the grace of God. Because I believe between yesterday night and now, others are still asleep, but yes, it's a deep sleep. And their mobile phones are ringing and somebody is calling on their door because they have an appointment either in the beach or the hotel or something and their partners are waiting and their phone is ringing and nobody is responding. But pretty soon they'll learn that that person is gone. So anytime you wake up in the morning, my friend, and you still see you can breathe again, and you can move your hands and your leg again, you just have to think that this thing is about God and learn to give God some praise and tell him, God, I thank you for life. Because what you have, no money can buy it. Can I have any in the house? So it is God who gives you and our life. Praise the Lord. So let's learn to use our lives to worship God. Let's learn to use our lives to invest in the things of God. Hallelujah. Please remember Psalm 3 and from verse 5. You know, David was saying that, How have they increased who hate me? Then he said, Even many have said that I have no hope in God. Many say there's no hope for me in God. But David said, Thou, O Lord, you are a shield about me. You, God alone, you are my glory and the lifter of my head. And David said from verse 5 that I laid me down and slept. Other translation says that he laid me down and slept. And when I awoke, he sustained me. So David was saying that as others go to bed and they sleep by themselves, but I go to bed with God and God is the one who wakes me up. So I'd like you to know that when you wake up in the morning, it is a hand that sustained you over the night watches. That is why you are alive. It is not your skill or your alarm because sometimes you set the alarm and 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. the alarm rings. But sometimes you put on the alarm and it rings and you don't even know whether, what is happening. You wake up very late. And this morning I'm sure some alarm is ringing in somebody's house but the person has passed on. So it is not the alarm or the security man or your music or your mobile phone that wakes you up. It is the Lord that wakes you and I up. Are you here this morning? See, I woke up and the Lord sustained me. My sustenance is God. It is God who sustains us our lives. So if you know it is he who has sustained you, learn to give the credit to him. Learn to give the glory to him. Learn to appreciate him. What can you do with your life? If, what can you do with your life if God doesn't give it to you? He gave it to us. Let's use it to serve him. Let's use our lives to worship him. Let's use our lives as a testimony so others can look at us and they'll be proud to say that because of you, I'll give my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. You are God's investment. God expects you and I to use our lives also to help his church, put in our help, our ideas, the giftings he's given us. God expects us to also invest. When you train your children and they grow. You also expect certain things from them. And that is the way God also expects that after he has invested into us, we must use our lives to glorify him. We must not use our lives to hurt him. Hallelujah. Please remember in Psalm 27, this same day we said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. 
of whom shall I be afraid? So the strength of your life is God. And I did say that others have life, but they don't have the strength to go on in life. So you see people who are in coma, they are not yet dead. They have life, but they don't have the strength to move on. They don't have the strength to move their neck. They have no strength. But David said, the Lord, he is the strength of my life. What gives you grace to move on and to come up and go down, etc.? It is something that holds you. It is God that gives strength to the life you have. So it means that people have life. It is not everybody who has strength in life. But thank God, out of your life, he has added strength to it. Hallelujah. Use that strength well. And use that strength to serve the living God. Praise the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35, the Bible says that he that finds me finds life. So why you can use your life to serve God? Your life is an investment. You can use your life in the things of God. He that finds me finds life. He that finds me finds life. And I believe that as you come to church and you hear the word of God and you practice the word of God and you put yourself to the task, you will find life. May you find mega life this morning. May you find mega life this morning. And I did say earlier in the first service that in Colossians 3.3, there's an interesting scripture that says that you and I, we have a life. But it says that our lives are hid with Christ in God. So your life is so precious. And look at where God placed your life. I keep saying that before God gave permission to the devil to destroy Job, the devil had to go to God to ask for permission because our lives are so precious before God and God will just give us out to the enemy. So God, Job didn't know what was happening. There was a transaction between God and the Satan, but Job was not aware of it. But God said, you know what? I can let you mess him up, but as for his life, don't touch it. That tells you that our lives are so precious before God. So God now hid our lives with Christ. So if you are looking for me standing here, spiritually, you can only locate my life in Christ. And before you get there, you need permission from the Holy Ghost, which is on planet Earth. And when you have passage, then you have to go to God, 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 what? The Father. And then ask him permission. Then you say, go to God the Son. And when you go to Jesus, you don't just have it. The thing is hidden in the inside of him. I like you to understand where God has placed you. Nothing can pluck you out of that place. You know why Jesus said in John 10, 27 that my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And he says, I have them in my hands. And nothing is able to pluck them out of my hands. Because why? My father who gave them to me is greater than all. Is greater than all. The greater than all God is the one who holds your life. So you have to serve God with confidence, serve God with joy. And because God protects and secures your life, you also must use your life to serve the church. Use your life in the things of God so that God will be proud of you, that God has not made the wrong investment. I know you are a right investment. Hallelujah. I say you are a right investment. few weeks ago, I, I went to pray for somebody. Pastors, we go to many places because of the call of God. And then I went to one of the hospitals. There was this young lady and there was this young man. And this little girl was there and she was screaming. She said, the parents were there by... And I was just passing, and she was screaming, say, Mommy, Daddy, I am going. Don't you see I'm going? Mommy, help me. Daddy, please. 
Daddy, don't you see I'm going? Daddy, help me. Mommy, oh, mommy, mommy. They are taking me away. Mommy, daddy, mommy. And I looked down. And the parents were helpless. The doctor with the stethoscope and what have you was there. They were trying everything, CPR, something on their chest, everything. I said, Mommy, you can't see. You can't see. They are taking me away. Mommy, you can't see. And I was just passing. And I was speaking in tongues. I was just believing God. But right there, oh, Mommy, I'm gone. Mommy, I'm gone. Mommy, I'm gone. Daddy, you can do it. Just like that. And this little girl was gone. And just in this doorway, I was praying for somebody. The doctors were saying he has to pay 50 Ghana cities a day for oxygen. 50 Ghana cities a day for oxygen. And I was asking, why didn't you put the oxygen on this little girl? The doctor said her case was something else. And this was somebody I went to pray for. And they didn't have 50 cities. So they said, Pastor, help us. And I said, all I have is 20 cities. And I asked them, if I give you my 20 cities and I also collapse, can I really meet the demand for oxygen? You know, but somewhere, somewhere, we're able to work it out. But what am I saying? He needed that money badly for the oxygen to be put on him. And without that money, nobody was giving you oxygen. You know what? Sometimes when you wake up and you go up and down, you don't really value the life God has given you. But sometimes until they put you on that oxygen, you have to pay for it by the hour. Pay for it, oxygen. But you breathe freely. I mean, all kinds of things in there. They go into our nose, we sneeze them out, and nothing happens to you. You don't have to take life for granted because life is expensive. I'm telling you, life is very, very, very expensive. We don't have to take it for granted. Three weeks ago, I was babbling for my little boy, and then all of a sudden, he fell down, and he became lifeless. He said, Daddy! 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 And he became lifeless, lying on the floor. There was nobody there. I was there alone. Now, if it's a church member, the church member will give you a call. Pastor, pray for my son and my daughter. But who am I going to call? <laughs> my papa is there, yes, I'll call my papa. But before I call my papa, I have to do something about the situation before I call my papa. There and then, he was pale. His eyes was white. And the baba was there with me. And I looked at it. And I said, God, this life is yours. I said, this boy, eight years boy, the life of this boy is yours. You have to do something with this boy. When I carried him to the bathroom, his eyes were still white. Three weeks ago, poured water on him, bathing for him. His eyes were still white. I said, God, I'm believing you. By the time I'm through with him, when I put him on his bed, you revive him. Everything was quiet. And the Baba was crying. I said, please, don't cry. You didn't kill him. Don't cry. Whether God was putting me under a trial or a test, I can't tell. All I did was to put him on the bed. And I left him. I said, God, you have to handle it. The same voice that called Daddy, 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 and became quiet. Few minutes after five minutes, said, Daddy, I'm back. Daddy, I am back. Daddy, I am back. Daddy, I am back. Ah. And you know what? I've been trying to coach him in a particular way. Parents, sometimes you are interested. You want your child to become something else. And I said, God, from this moment, he's yours. Take him. Do with him what you please. What am I trying to say? There was no amount of money at that material time that could save him. I was praying in tongues, yes. 
I was doing what I could, yes. But I knew that this life, it was God that brought it back to him. So I had to tell him that, listen, when you grow, serve God with your life. Worship God with your life. Do something for the church. Put yourself into something. Because what God has given you, he expects you to also do something for him. My darling, use your life today. And let your life be a source of blessing to the Lord. Can I hear a big amen? Or can I hear a big amen? And I did say, when I studied the book of First Samuel, Hannah, you know, we all knew that she had no children. And the rival Penina had children. And there was rivalry between them. But interestingly, when she prayed and God gave her a son, she, because of the vow she has made, decided to hand over that son to God. But what really interests me is the fact that this man called Eli could not take care of his own children because they were messing up at the temple, lying with the woman, taking the offerings, etc., etc. But yet, this woman, after winning the boy at age one, had to take the only son at that time and go and hand over the son to the priest to tell him, take care of my son. But you and I know that even our children must go to good schools. They must have good companies. They must have good friends. When you are leaving your kids with somebody, you are sure that person has a good track record. Then you can leave your children with them. But this is somebody who didn't have a good track record. Yet Hannah took the only son at that time and committed him to the hands of the man of God. And interestingly, she only visited this boy yearly. So from age one, the next visit will be age two, three, follows that way. Meanwhile, his children were messing up. Chances are that they will influence him because children learn at tender ages to pick certain habits. But you and I know that God kept Samuel in the midst of the bad characters, of the bad life of this Ophini and Phileas, God still kept him. Now, what is the secret here? It was not Eli who Hannah committed the boy to. It was God she committed the boy to. So even though it was a man who was overseeing, there was an agreement between the mother and God that this one I've given him to you. Let the prophet or the man of God oversee his life. And through to God's word, he grew to become great. What am I trying to say? She made a risky investment. It was a risky investment to do with an only child. But she did it believing God that you gave this boy to me, I'm giving him back to you. Use him for what you please. Do with him what you like. And God looked at it. And God blessed him. He rose out to become a great prophet. And none of his words fell to the ground. What am I saying? Don't be afraid to do something for God. Don't be afraid to commit your life to God. Don't be afraid to help the church. Do it out of your heart. Go out of your way and do it. Any investment we do for God will never go unrewarded. Because there's always reward at the end of the day. And I pray that God will open our eyes. That our lives will be used as a source of investment in the things of God. When you help the church in giving, in tithes, in supporting, whatever you do is an investment, not for man, but it's an investment for God. Man may not reward you, but God is a faithful rewarder. Are you here? I say God is a faithful rewarder. I say God is a faithful rewarder. And so in John 1, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and that word was with God. And that word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And he says, all things, including you and I, were made by him. And without him was nothing made that was made. And John 1, 4 says, in him was life. 
And that life was the light of men. And that light shines in darkness, but the darkness did not have what it takes to understand it. So you must understand that in him was life. The source of your livelihood was in the king. The source of your livelihood is in the king. He is the one who has given you life. So our lives are on loan. He has just loaned it to us. Over time, he's going to take it. But before he takes it back, let's make sure we also do something for him. Then he will say, I'm so happy. I gave you much life. I'm so happy I blessed you because you also use your life to serve me. Your life is very precious. God is watching. How can we use our lives to serve God? But it's my prayer this morning that somebody, you use what God gives you. Your energy. When I hear people say, you need me more than I need you. I'm more important. Nobody can control me. My life is mine. I can do what I please with my life. I am of age. I have everything already. Sometimes it saddens my heart. Because your life is not yours, my friend. Your life is not yours. You are on loan. God just loaned it to you. So you must learn to acknowledge that this life I have, it's not mine. God gave it to me. There's no need to boast. It's my life. I can do what I want. It's only a short time. But the day God closes one of your nose, not the two, blocks one. Ordinary Qatar. Sometimes you can't breathe well. And then you can see the way it feels. Sometimes you can't breathe well. One nose. If you close the two, too bad for us. Realize if you wake up in the morning, the strength God gives you to work, the strength God gives you up and down to even drive, please remember, it is a life that God gives. It is not a life anybody gives. It is a life that God gives. Please remember, every day of your life, remember, this life is about God. I have seen a movie that preaches. Anytime I finish preaching and I go home, I kneel down and I say, God, I thank you. Because you know what? I was watching a clip. A preacher was preaching. Right there. Fell and died right there. The church came around him. They tried to lay hands. They shouted and prayed. He didn't wake up. So I don't take it for granted that I've come to preach and I'm going. It is not because I have the power to do it. It is grace. And I acknowledge it as such. It is grace. And I acknowledge it as such. People sit down. And the next time they are waking up, it is something else. It's either a stroke you see that something they can't really move people drive and they get stuck in their car seat all the time they can't just move people lie on their bed and when they are waking up this one can't just move my friend when you can move all these things and do something it is not because of the you know it is something about the grace of god place value on your life and thank god for giving you that life and if you can acknowledge it that this life god you are the one who gave it to me you'll be careful and you will do things for god without looking back because nothing can buy your life no amount of money can buy your life it is a gift god has given us every day is a gift and i thank god that today god has given you a gift of life and you are here again use your life to serve god use your life to invest in the kingdom of god help the church do something for christ because your dividends will come shortly can i hear a big amen the songwriter says, take my life and let it be consecrated unto me. Can we sing that song? Take my life and let it be consecrated unto me. Can we rise up, please? Can we rise up? Just lift it up unto him.
Up your hands to your father. Can you just give it to him this morning? Thank you, Lord Jesus. If I live, I live for you. If I live, I live, yeah, I live for you. Oh, if I die, thank you, Lord. I die for you. Yeah. 
I pray, if you if feel like giving God an offering for your life, just come and drop it. In all my ways, I give my life to you. If I oh, if you want to just give God an offering for your life, just come and drop it. Oh, in all, all my ways, I give. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. I give you my soul. I live for you, Lord. I live for you. safely you sat in the car this morning you are here you slept you woke up by his grace you ate he did not choke you you drank water you were fine just thank him out of your heart to a sincere heart show appreciation and gratitude to God for your life just give it to him thank you Lord I'm grateful for my life thank you for what you have made me thank you for giving life thank you for the breath of life you breathe into my nostrils thank you for my family thank you for the church Thank you for our Papa. Thank you for your people, Lord. We just thank you. Our lives are precious. Before you, we hallow your name this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask us to be quiet before his presence? That's 
I invite you this morning. I'm sure some of us are here. We don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. When we have Jesus, then we have life. He's the source of our livelihood. So if you are here this morning, His grace that you are alive. But if you don't know Jesus, you have not made that personal commitment for Him to become Lord over your life. I'd like you to please wave at me if you can please lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. You are not sure you'll go to heaven if you die. Or if yesterday night you passed on, you are not sure you still make it to the King of Glory. Eternity is either with the devil or with God. You want to make it with Christ. If you are here this morning, you don't know Jesus, I'd like you to please wave your right hand. I'd like to pray for you with all respect. If you don't know Jesus, I'd like you to please lift up your right hand and wave at me. I want to pray for you. Very important. 